Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These are the guys behind the glass. Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. Oh, yeah. This is a good uh, Friday tune. A little magical, right? Yeah, a little magical. Uh, you sprinkle a little fairy dust uh, on the program. We are the guys behind the glass. I am yours truly, Justin Ellick. To my left, the great Luke Legrano. To my right, the also great Mike Didino. Oh, John, nice. You like that? better intro this time. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of better. A little bit of a better intro this time in terms of... Mike Dino, or should, or, know that or, yeah, well, or should I call him MD? Oh, yeah. So, M. Dizzle. Can we talk about that for a second? So, MD, first of all, congratulations on your new title as sports director. I have not done that officially yet. Thank so. you. Well, you did it five minutes ago, but. Well, you know, you did mention that you do want to be referred to as MD from now on, but yes. I'm not allowed to refer to you as the doctor. Why is that? It's corny. It's corny. Yeah, yeah. MD is my initials. We don't need to get into. All this extra stuff, call me the doctor. The I extra- do realize that it does stand for the doctor or a medical doctor in that yeah, you know, sense. MD, the doctor. Yeah. No, that checks out. That's for sure what MD usually stands for. But right. in this case, it does not. So, like I said, please refer to me as MD. Do not refer to me as the doctor. I did enjoy calling you Mike. Can I do that, too? You can still call me Mike. Okay, good. Nice to hear from you, Mike. All right. Well, we got Mike. We've got Luke. And we've got... There we go. Turn my mic on. What's wrong with the chair? And we've got MD, Mike's alter ego, over to his left and to his right. He's everywhere. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Anyways, we've got a lot to get into today. Obviously, the MLB season being now about two and a half weeks in, we're, uh, I'd say, in full swing. Full swing baseball mode. The boys of summer. Both New York teams are playing winning baseball currently. The Yankees are just dropped out of tie for first place. They're in second behind the Jays. Game back, Jays are 8-5, and five. Yanks are 7-6. and six. Tied with the Rays in second, 7-6. and six. You got the Sox 6-7. and seven. They're not playing great ball. But I would imagine that that division would be pretty neck and neck the whole way through. Of those three teams, Justin, which one scares you the most right now? Which one scares me the most? We know he's going to say Toronto. Yeah. yeah. The, the, well, I mean, that's that, the obvious that's the answer. That's the easy answer. That's like, the easy answer. But I would say that the Rays are a tough team as well. The Rays just have more experience being a, a successful team in that division. Obviously, coming out on top last year, they are the reigning ALEs champ. So naturally, they're the team you want to look out for, and they know how to win. And uh, a team that knows how to win on a low budget is a very dangerous team in Major League Baseball. So I would have to say that the Rays outweigh the Jays in that respect. How long like can that? Tampa keep this up, this Moneyball mentality. Because if you look at their roster, their roster, once again, is not great. They're missing their best pitcher and Tyler Glass now. But it's just a next-man-up mentality. I guess it. kudos to the coaching staff. They just plug and play. I mean, if you look at their lineup, if you look at their rotation, you look at their bullpen, not many household names. And yet they still continue to win. Does this 
catch up to them eventually, or is this just a team that's going to be a problem for the next few years? I think it, as long as the front office remains what it is, with the heads you got buttoned together at the top or meshing together, I would say is probably the better term, they're going to remain successful. I can't see a scenario or a season in which they won't. The I way, hate you, Justin! And I hate myself, too. Thank you, Curtis. <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that, that the Rays... I think, have a long-term recipe for success. Now, baseball has often been a sport where the grumpy old men are arguing with the nerds. That's what it feels like. All, all the analytical people want to argue with the people that it's, it's baseball. I've been watching it since the dirt was... No, it's not, you dope. Oh, yes, it is, Mike. Calm down. <laughs> now, no team in baseball has done analytics better than the Tampa Bay Rays. We, that was a huge part of their World Series run, was that no team was handling the analytics of pitching better than the Rays. They knew exactly who to put in and when, and that's what got them so far and almost caught them up with the Nationals. So if they can continue to mesh with the analytics and, and utilize players who work with the stats, then this Moneyball mentality is still going to work and get them far. Unfortunately, I don't think it will ever get them a championship. That's Probably won't. True. That's true, too. I mean, that, that that's the one level that they haven't obtained. Obviously, they've made it to the World Series, and they've come close. To your point there, Luke, it, it's a homegrown mentality as well. They invest heavily in their farm system, and a lot of the guys that you see on their roster, they're either developed veterans that have experience playing winning baseball and can still do it at an older age, but then their roster is also consumed of guys that have been in that organization, have come up with a lot of guys that they're now in the bigs with. So you're seeing a lot of chemistry between guys that have been playing together for a long time, which I think is is valuable and not something that a lot of casual baseball watchers will be able to point out or consider. Now, Justin, tell us, obviously the Yankees are just over 500 right now. You can't really get a good gauge on the baseball season until about 25 games in or so. But who is pleasantly surprising you right now? Well, the starting rotation is, is pleasantly surprising me. Uh, Sands Garrett Cole, who looks like a bum. Nasty um, Nestor. Nasty Nestor looks great. Jordan Montgomery looked great yesterday. They couldn't pull it out. And Jameson Tyone looks good. And then Severino looks looks good as well. He looks like he's kind of returning to the, to the form he was in before he came down with that injury. So, you know, minus Garrett Cole, who's obviously not living up to the $324 million we pay him to be elite. Through three starts, he's not. Technically has zero starts. He does not have one qualified... Major League start. After last year where he was a bit injury-plagued, obviously a good pitcher, Mike, you're miserable. What contract do you think right now is more regrettable? The Lindor contract or the Cole contract? Uh, it's a good question. I'll still... It's a good question. That is a good fucking question. Well, Lindor, I, Lindor, yeah, I, I did major in journalism after all. Can I pass? Lindor looks like Lindor. To Lindor start the through 15 games looks like the guy that got paid $350 million. Let's hold the phone. It's been 15 games. I don't condone the MVP chance yet. No, those are ridiculous. It's a little too much for me. But those are Mets fans for you. you Mets think? fans are dying to overreact in any yeah, way they, they can. Are. To and guys like you, Luke, probably start throwing a banner up 15 games into the season. I'm actually, last year was the first yeah, time Luke. I got excited. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> last year was the first time I got excited about the Mets in the spring. Normally, I wait until May. I'm pessimistic all the way until July. And then it finally catches up to me that we've got a shot and then we blow it. But no, last year was the first time. And I'm optimistic this time, right? Ten, first team to 10 wins, that's nothing to, to, to blow your nose at. It, it, this is a team to be excited about. Now, injuries are going to happen, and that's what we're going to have to wait for. How badly we're going to miss Travis Jankowski in June, uh, and all that stuff. The, the outfield looks great right now. Marte looks like a great deal. Kana looks like the steal of the century, and Nimmo looks like he's returning to form. This is definitely a team to get excited about, but Francisco Lindor specifically 
I understood that this is a 10-year contract, and Mets fans want him out of Queens after a season and two weeks. we wanted him out of Queens. We wanted him out of the 10-year, $350 million contract. Well, you can't do that, so, so yeah. either that or but, you get him but, out of Queens. But this is the guy you paid for, Mike. Right now, two weeks into the season, not a great gauge on how he's going to play all year, but this is the guy you paid for. Absolutely. He's been great. I got nothing bad to say about him in the last two weeks. So, But he could play like this for the rest of the season, Mike, and you know that half of the Mets fan base is still going to say, well, he's the- this guy's a jerk. He's booing us. And I'm kind of in deep because I was down. really hard on Frankie last year. I was saying awful contract. I was saying I was just very upset that they paid him for 10 years. So I'm kind of in deep. So as nice as it is to see him do well, deep down inside, I wouldn't mind seeing him be awful again. But I did hedge myself because I got him in fantasy baseball this I, year. I so love, I hedged myself a I love bit. and hate our fans so much, Mike. Just, only Mets fans could root for someone to suck for the next nine years just to prove their own point. Right. Get him, Luke. It's we're pathetic. Just, it's pathetic. We're I agree. so miserable. But it's 15 games, so let's relax because this season was in fir- this team was in first place for majority of the season yep. last year, and they fell on their face. It's the Mets, right? It's the New York Mets. So let's stay cool. Let's say calm. Let's say collective. Yeah, pump the brake. And let's just see how they play. Let's just at least be able to enjoy the summer this year because typically the season's usually over by May, maybe June at May, June era. I would like to enjoy a summer of baseball this year when our team is actually playing competitively. So we'll see. It's early. Until we're spending more money on medical bills than we are on the team's payroll, we can be excited. We're allowed to do that. Once we start getting injured and donating all that money to a hospital wing, then we can start getting upset. But right now, Mike, I think it's exciting to be a New York Mets fan. It's a good. They have a good roster. They got a great coach. We they got a very good up. coach. You know, I mean, Buck Showalter has had a lot of success in this league. I mean, hell, he he turned the Orioles into a winning baseball. He team. did, and now look at them. They're the laughing stock of the MLB now. But right. they have a good coach. They have a very good lineup. I don't know what you guys were doing with Luis Rojas, but that was stupid. It was that homegrown mentality, Justin. We thought we could do it. Yeah, but and it, now it, he's the third base coach for the Yankees. Yeah, he is. What a drop where, where he belongs. He shouldn't be doing anything more than waving guys I, home or stopping. I did not love him. Rojas last year, but I did think he got a bad he got a bad end of the deal. If Francisco Lindor does, let's say Frankie does what he did in two weeks last, because Lindor, I saw a funny stat. I think Lindor has as many home runs this year as he did in forty games last year. Mm. So he's he's hitting the cover off the ball, and a big reason why the Mets struggled last year was because of Frankie Lindor. When you pay somebody that amount of money. And they are a, quite frankly, they have a terrible season. The manager is going to get the blame of it because they're not going to. It's, it's what are you going to do? You're not going to give it to Lindor. So I do think he got you know the bad end of the stick there. But he was not a great coach. And to wrap all things up about the Mets, I think this is a good team. That I do have some questions in the bullpen. If Jacob Degrom though does come back, he believes he's getting an MRI soon. If he does come back, and let's call it the end of May. This is a World Series contender. They have good arms in the bullpen. A fun fact to throw out about the starting rotation. Through 10 games, the Mets' starting rotation ERA was the lowest of any starting rotation since they started recording the stat. And on Chris Bassett's second game, he gave up one run in six innings. It brought the team's ERA up. Yeah, the rotation's been great. Scherzer's been great. Bassett was not great his last time out, but he still ended up going six innings. Cookie Carrasco's been terrific. He was great last night. He was awesome yesterday. He's another X factor in this team. And you have a few guys like Carrasco and Bassett and Taiwan Walker who's hurt right now. But if any of those guys are upper echelon arms and you pair that with Scherzer and DeGrom, this is a team that's going to win a lot of games. It's a very exciting time to be a New York baseball fan right now. Not so exciting, gentlemen. 
to be a New York basketball fan. Have either of you guys kept tabs on the Nets? Well, it's hard not to. You know, they've been underwhelming, to say the least, in this series against the Celtics. Down 0-2, so they head home. When's their next game? Saturday? They'll tomorrow? play tomorrow, yes. So they'll play tomorrow, 7.30 is tip-off. But yeah, Kevin Durant's getting a lot of slack for the way he's played in these first two games. Did have 27 points in Game 2, and Kyrie Irving showed out really well in Game 1, despite his childish antics. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. But then came back in Game 2, and, and really, for lack of a better term, he shit the bed. And if you're going to act the way you did in game one and then come out for game two and play like the, the way you played, then yeah, you deserve to be ridiculed. You deserve to be pointed at and, and called a loser and, and all of the above. I mean, the guy can really play basketball, but I think he fasted that day. Whatever. It's like the guy's character is it's always something with it's, him. It's always something. And he's just a loser. He's just a loser. And that's part of the reason why I think you're kind of seeing this team sputter here early on in this series is that you have all these distractions around actually playing basketball. The Honorable Sid Rosenberg referred to the Nets as the most talented seven scene to ever lose a series in the NBA playoffs. And I think that's true. Looking at the Nets, coming in, naturally, as the seven seed, they were not favored to win the series. But looking at sports books, the Nets had the second best odds to win the championship behind the Bucks. Kyrie Irving, I don't know what's gotten into him. The pressure of being back in Boston playing meaningful games for the first time in a very long time. The Nets can't be this bad. It's physically well, not, not possible. they're not that bad. They no, should have won game one. Mike, they're down 0-2. Yeah. yeah. And they're they down 2-0. And that game one loss was astronomical. Listen, you go into Boston, let's not take anything away from Boston. They were the number two seed. They had a great season. They have a chance to win the NBA championship. And, they've, and they've played great basketball. I mean, there's really nothing to take away from them. Let's give the Celtics some credit, but the Nets lost that game one on the buzzer beater by Tatum, and that's going to, you know, that's going to change... The whole entire series, because if you're the Nets, you go into Boston, you're looking to go 1-1, right? You lose that game, a game that you should have won, then you come back and you play well again for one half. You're up by 10. They led by 15 in the first quarter, and they blow another game. you got to get out of there at one win. Kevin Durant has not played great. He did have 27 points, but I believe he had six or seven turnovers in that game, too. He also took a million shots. Cut. So. Yeah. Four of 17 Durant was in that game, too. Just not going to get it done. Kyrie, just 10 points. Celtics are good, though. Let's give the Celtics some credit. They're loaded from top to bottom, and they're well coached. Absolutely. And one thing also to bring up, it's not impossible. Obviously, it's important. You don't want to go down 3-0. It's almost impossible to come back, come back from down 3-0 to, to win the series. When Ben Simmons comes back on Game 4, can they come back and win four games? Absolutely. I don't know about that one. Let's hold the phone on Ben Simmons. The last time I... we saw Ben Simmons, he was the laughing stock of Philly. He hasn't played since. Hate I don't know guy. if he's going to come in and play 35 minutes a game. I don't know what type of you don't, you don't know what you're getting. You didn't know what you were getting when Kyrie came back. Well, you don't know what you were getting with Ben Simmons if he's healthy. Now, I, I would imagine he'd come off the off the bench, at least to but start even the then, Nothing's off the table because they're going to be desperate. They're going to have to Simmons win on Saturday. Is, I'd happily take Ben Simmons off the bench if it was my basketball team. But bringing it back to the Celtics, you look at Tatum, Brown, and Smart and put that up against Simmons, Kyrie, and Durant. And on paper, it looks very lopsided for Brooklyn. In execution, Jason Tatum could be a top 10 player in the league. We know that Jalen Brown just won... Was defense player of the year? Yeah, defensive player Marcus of the year. Smart. It was Marcus Smart. Okay, and then Jalen Brown is just a phenomenal talent to have on the floor. The fact that Brooklyn can be embarrassed like this—I don't know if they're getting em- let's, embarrassed is a tough word to use. Why not? Because My- the Celtics are the two seed, and if you look at this Nets roster, 
they haven't played much together this year, right? Obviously, Harden didn't play at all at home. Sorry, Irving didn't play at all at home. Then they traded Harden. And outside of those big two, I mean, you guys got you got guys like Andre Drummond playing twenty three minutes a night. Yeah, Goran Dragic is playing twenty minutes a night. It's a problem. Here, here, that is a problem. But here's the thing, mate. They made it work. The fact that Kyrie Irving sat out for two thirds of the year, and they're still in this position. Kevin Durant was at one point compared to being better player overall than LeBron James. Right. That was an actual conversation people were having at one point in Kevin Durant's and it career. Still is a this, conversation. Exactly. And basketball is a sport. Where you do not need to have talent through and through to win. It's the just recency not- bias is unbelievable because if the Nets win that game one, which they probably should have, this is a whole different, whole different conversation. But they did. Just based on one basket, that just based on a buzzer beater basket, this is a whole different conversation. I think ninety percent of people are probably counting the Nets out of the series, and they probably will lose because that game one, you really don't overcome that. But the Nets will come back. I think they won game three. And then Game 4 is your series right there. If you win Game 4 and you go back to Boston 2-2, you got a brand new series. So let's hold off on that. Now, if the Nets get swept, fuck him. Embarrassed, I agree. Steve Nash will get fired. You could start questioning KD. You could start questioning Kyrie. Nothing's off the table. But let's let the series play out because the Boston Celtics are a championship contender team, especially in the East now when you have the Bucs who just lost Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis. They may not even get past Chicago. I would expect them to, but they may not even get past Chicago. The East is wide open. Now, Justin, the you Celtics could t- come out of the East, and then is it embarrassing if they lose to the NBA champions? Well, no. But Justin, you were talking about this with me earlier. What team in the East looks better right now than the Philadelphia 76ers? It's tough. Miami to say. looks good. Yeah, but I mean, come on, the Sixers are really laying it to the Raptors in pretty dominant fashion. I would think that if MB does not win, I mean, I know the the playoffs don't really matter in regard to MVP, but I think he's showing you in these playoffs why he needs to win that award, why he deserves to win that award. And, you know, him with Maxi, with Harden, I mean, I know Harden is looking a little bit shaky in these playoffs, but they're picking up his slack. I mean, Tyrese Maxi comes out in game one and drops 38 points. So you, you don't see that from a guy that's playing his type of role. Is it just me or has Tyrese Maxey been on a tear for like a like a straight month? He's just it's, absolute it's tear. Been, it's been more than a great. month. Yeah, he's, the whole he's, second half of the season. Yeah. And it's going to come down to James Harden, right? Tyrese Maxey's and the Tobias Harris's of the world, they're all cute stories. But it's going to come down to James Harden, and he has not played – he's not scored great since he came to Philadelphia. I don't know if he's has some type of maybe hamstring injury that's, that's circulated – but it's going to come down to Harden. He's going to have to be Harden, and he's notoriously fell on his face in big games and big playoff series. So we'll see. Phillies look great. They're beating the snot out of Toronto, who was a successful second-half story this year. I don't know if Toronto's a legit contender. I think the Celtics probably look better than the Sixers, and nobody wants to give Miami a chance. All Miami did was finish as the one seed, win 53 games yet again this year. Nobody wants to give them a chance. The East is wide open. It's also stacked, though. I mean, listen, it is. anytime we're talking about James Harden not playing great basketball and it hasn't impacted a team's success in the playoffs, that's when you know this is a good basketball They're a team. very good team. They're well-coached. Cock Rivers has done a great job. Hey, now. And <laughs> what else did I want to He's say? a doctor, too, MD. Yeah, he is. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's something you two have in common. Yeah. <laughs> now, oh, uh, Jesus. Now, the person, well, I love you guys, and I enjoy doing this podcast every week. The person I go to with all of my basketball questions is actually our associate producer, Rodwell. Uh, Rod, if you could answer me the question, who comes out of the East? Who would you go with? 
He's got Sixers. He's got the, he's got the Sixers. All right. So if you like the Sixers, if he likes the Sixers and Luke likes the Sixers, the Sixers will not come out. It's usually how it works. Well, it's one that's usually how it works. So, yeah. Usually how it works. This is, this is our first NBA postseason doing this podcast. You know, this, well, to, to Mike's credit, we have never gotten, we've never correctly predicted the winner of the NBA championship, and that's because we've never tried. That's true. So who do you like to win a championship? Right now, a gun is pointed at your head, and you have to pick the winner of the NBA championship. Golden State Warriors. Ooh, that's a good call. That feels easy. That feels easy. They were nine and a half to one before their playoff series. Were they really? Yes. Because obviously Curry was just returning from an injury. You had a lot of question marks with how Curry, Thompson, because I believe Phil brought this up. Phil is a great NBA guy as well. That the Golden State did not, with the big three obviously in Clay, Curry, and Thompson, and then Jordan Poole, those four guys did not play one minute together this year. So it's going to be a learning curve, but they're, they're kicking the snot out of Denver. So my, my thought is if you could be this good without Steph Curry, who's the greatest shooter of all time, playing major minutes, you have to just be – it's the Nuggets, too. The Nuggets are no, no slouches. Well, no. Curry was on a restriction of minutes the first few games. I yeah. believe, believe yesterday he played 30 minutes or so, so it seems like that restriction is getting lifted. They'll ramp that up. Series is a wrap. Curry last night, 30 minutes, so seems like the restriction is – E slightly coming off now. So, yeah, I like Golden State as well, unfortunately. Get a mic. I like the Phoenix Suns. I know that's probably a pretty popular pick, given that they are the one seed. But Devin West. Booker is out. Devin Booker is out. So, I mean, that plays a role. And, listen, they're tied with the Pelicans right now, 1-1. They've got game three tonight. They nine, may not even get past the Pelicans, and I think they will. I think Chris Paul will step up in his absence. But D-Book will be at two games. And even when he does come back, if he does come back in game, let's just call it game five, the hamstring, that's an injury that you may not get back to 100%. Well, especially with a guy who moves like he does. You know, he's, he's a guy who relies on, you know, that, that kind of drive and dump sort of mentality. So, yeah, it's an issue, but uh, indefinitely is the word they're using. So I he, believe they don't game even know five, they're expecting back. him to come back in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. I, but I feel like, hear me out, you guys might know this better than I would. Uh, looking at the Jazz and the Mavericks, if you're the Suns, are you scared of either of those the teams? The Jazz are pathetic. The Jazz <laughs> are pathetic. Yeah, so are you even scared? If regardless of, of well, let me tell you who something. you play, the Jazz are pathetic. I know you said it. Luka Doncic has not played. The Jazz were minus four fifty to win this series. Luka has not played in either of the first three games, and they're down two one. They just lost by fifteen at home yesterday. They're going to blow it up if they lose this series. Either Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert will be sent packing. Yeah, but Bohan Bogdanovich has really got to step it up as well. I dis- <laughs> <laughs> Amazing take. Amazing take, right? I mean, am I wrong? Come on. With a name like that, you got to be pouring at least 18 a game. I believe he did LA. average 18 a game. <laughs> and, now, and rightfully so. One final story here. Mike, Ranger fan. Justin, played hockey at one point in his life. I'm a Ranger fan. Okay, we'll call it that. So, Rangers right now. Tied for first place in the Metro, Carolina Hurricanes do have the tiebreaker. Five games left, and now the East in the NHL playoffs looks a little hairy because the top teams at the Atlantic Division are phenomenal. Yeah, they really are. The Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning, and honestly, the Toronto Maple Leafs as well, very scary to look at. The Maple Leafs had more wins than the Lightning. Four more wins. Yep, and uh, and naturally the the conversation comes in, Toronto can't win a playoff series, but you know, looking just on paper... And then you look at the Metro Division, Rangers and Hurricanes, disgusting. Yeah. 
Pittsburgh, very good, and Washington capable. Yeah, Boston I, also capable. Right. We're throwing in the last team there in the East. So if you're the Rangers, a lot of discussion right now about blowing this lead with Carolina so you can avoid any team in the Atlantic. So you can just play Pittsburgh. You'll play the, the next best team, which is probably going to be your, your rival, so Carolina. And then what, you meet Boston in the next round? You'd probably, no, you'd play Pittsburgh yeah. and then Carolina, and then you'd just right. play the winner of the Atlantic instead of having to deal with any team out of the Atlantic before you have to. Okay. What do you guys think? You don't love that play to win the game, but I would rather play Pittsburgh in the first round. We've had success against them. We did lose in Pittsburgh, I believe, a month ago, one nothing. But I like my chances playing at home against him. I like this Rangers team playing against anybody right now. They have the best goalie in the league. They have one of the best forwards in the league in Artemi Panarin. And then they have one of the best goal scorers in the league in Chris Kreider. This is a very good team. I don't know if we're legit, legit Stanley Cup contenders this year. But they've exceeded all expectations. They did the rebuild in two years. This is a team that has a ton of good players. And I'm stoked for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, so how are they looking right now? If the season ended today, they'd be facing Pittsburgh, and they'd, yes. and they'd have home ice. Correct. So yeah, I mean, I I agree with Mike. I think they had they definitely have the upper hand with Pittsburgh. You know, it it definitely gets testy with the Panthers. They've had success against the Rangers this season, as have the Leafs. So you know, but this is a young team. This is a fast team, and when healthy, they can skate with anybody, especially with who they have in net in Shesterkin, who's going to win the Vezina and is up there in the Hart Trophy voting. So, you know, I mean, he won't win MVP, but listen, I mean, he's, even to be in the discussion as a goaltender is a huge deal. And you can do, goaltending in hockey is, is much like pitching in baseball when it comes to the postseason. If you can pitch well in the postseason in Major League Baseball, you can beat anybody. If you can stop pucks in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you can beat anybody. So if Shuster can stand it on his head, they stand a chance Plain and simple. The Rangers have been bailed out by goaltending playoff series after playoff series for legitimately all of my lifetime with Henrik Lundqvist. I am not... But this, sorry to cut you off, okay. but this team they have is better than any teams they yes. had with Lundqvist, correct? And this team is better than the 2015 Stanley Cup. This, team, this yes. team I would probably take over the 2014 team. The now, only thing that makes me nervous, uh, a lot of youth. A lot of youth. A lot of youth. You're relying heavily on Lafreniere, Kako, Dryden Hunt's not that young, but you are relying on Keandre Miller. And all these Ryan games get Lindgren, physical in the playoffs. They get very physical. Are you, I have not seen our Tammy Panarin really play in a playoff game outside of the, if you want to even count that pandemic series, a playoff series. Oh, no. Well, and obviously you'll, you'll count his time in Chicago, too. Yes. Back when he was with But with, I, I, I will say this, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, Luke. Um, I'm apologizing for cutting me off. Well, listen, I mean, <laughs> you, know, you, you, you were in the middle of saying something, but I did want to hit this point before I forgot. In terms of physicality in the playoffs, right, the Rangers are a very good special teams hockey team. They score a lot of power play goals, and they're good on the penalty kill. The penalty kill, it doesn't really apply to the argument I'm about to make, but the fact remains. They score a lot of power play goals. Chris Kreider set the record, franchise record, with 25 power play goals this season. So you might see teams play them a little light in terms of physicality because they don't want to end up in the box and give that Rangers team, you know, five minutes, five on four or two minutes, five on four, or whatever it may be, depending on the severity of the penalty. I do think you're going to see teams kind of take a step back, maybe pull up on some hits that they would usually go, you know, full regalia on, so they can avoid having that special team power play come out on the Not only do you not want to see the power play here, Justin, if you hit the Rangers, Ryan Reeves, Jacob Truba, mm -hmm. Ryan Lindgren, yeah. Dry, Keandre Dry, Miller, Keandre yeah. Hill, Dryden Hunt, they're going to hit you back. 
and they're going to hit you harder. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh does not scare me. Carolina definitely scares me. We will find out the status of Freddie Anderson before the playoffs. He right up there with Shostakin in terms of best goaltender in the league. Boston does not scare me. Washington does not scare me. This team will play. And I've brought this up on, on Bernie and Sid in the morning. The number one thing that scares me about the New York Rangers in this playoffs is Gerard Gallant. It terrifies me because the New York Rangers have lived through the Elaine Vigneault era. I've seen exactly what he did. Phenomenal regular season coach. Could not get it done in the postseason. Gerard Gallant, phenomenal regular season coach in Florida and in Vegas. Couldn't get it done. I love the talent we have on this team. I'm not sure we can make it all the way. I think the Rangers, and I don't want to say they're playing with house money, but they definitely exceeded expectations this year. It's not necessarily Stanley Cup or bust. If they win one playoff round, I think Rangers fans would be satisfied. But this is, don't get me wrong, they have a chance. to That playoff experience is where I'm worried about as well. To steal a quote from Brock Lesnar, they had a horseshoe up their ass mm. with the number two overall pick in Capo Caco, the number one overall pick in Alexi Lafreniere. This is probably the blueprint. And neither have played great. No, and yeah, Lafreniere had, had playing, watching Lafreniere play this year compared to last year is like night and day. Yeah, he's made some completely different players. He's made some serious strides in the last three or four months. Absolutely. And besides the fact that Caco can't stay healthy, he looked improved this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were concerned about Kako playing in front of fans. They thought it would hurt his confidence. He's looked great when he's on the ice. And that's your point before, where they're relying on a lot of these young players, but these guys have stepped up. Keandre Miller has been great as well. Adam Fox won the Norris. Yeah. He's, tw- he's younger than me. Exactly. So, you know, as young as they might be, to Luke's point, I don't think they run into any trouble here in the East until they have to inevitably meet the Florida Panthers, who are the most terrifying team I've seen on the ice in years. I'll take my chances against the Florida Panthers. I've said this once. I've said this for like three or four years now. It's the Florida Panthers. This is a different team, Sure, dude. Sure thing, It's dude. the Florida yeah, I get it. I Panthers. They play, play in Florida, ice melts in Florida. I get the whole thing, but that doesn't matter. They play, you know, I mean, they're a very, very talented team. This, this is a Florida team yeah. unlike any in history. I mean, they lost 15 games all season. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I think we beat them twice. All right. Before we go, gentlemen, one last question. What do you like better? The Rangers' chances of beating the Panthers or the Nets' chances of beating the Celtics? Well, the Rangers haven't had Well, we're not down 2-0 yet, <laughs> right, so exactly. the Rangers. I think this team will be down 2-0, no problem, against the Florida Panthers. Let's not, let's not counter eggs before they hatch. We don't know if we'll even play the Panthers. We don't know where we'll be in about two weeks. Also, hockey tends to be a much more game-by-game basis as to who you know, comes out on top. I mean, anything, anything can really happen in the game of hockey. Oh, yeah. um, you know. And rarely do you see a playoff game that has more of a uh, difference in goals than, you know, two, maybe even three at maximum. So, listen, again, you know, if Shesterkin can stop 30 out of 32 shots, whatever it might be, you're going to have a shot. So I would love to discuss the excitement behind the NBA playoffs compared to the NHL playoffs. I think that's a great argument, but unfortunately, we'll have to do that some other time because we are out of time. Fine. 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 I'll get over it. And before we do go, I will come out and make a bold prediction. The Nets will win the series. Goodbye. MD has spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. Guys Behind the Glass, episode 12. Love having you here. We'll see you again next time. Sign off. These are the guys behind the glass. Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. glass.